Welcome back to Joygasm, a video game and movie podcast. I'm Russ. He is Steve. And we both would love to wish you a happy new year. Episode 256 today, January 7th, 2022. We are going to be focusing on our favorite games of 2021, which is, in fact, the topic of the day. If you have seen this before, then this will sound familiar to you. If you have not seen it, then what we typically do at the end of each and every year is we list independently our top five favorite games of 2021, or in this case, well, 2021, basically the previous year. So last year, as in a few days ago. Yes, indeed. <laughs> and what's nice about it is that we decide, you know, just to just keep things simple, that we start at our number five and work our way up to number one. And we just kind of go back and forth a little, uh, you know, back and forth round robin style. So. Ah, so what if, Russ, what if I have a game on my list that you also have on your list? Well, then I will also talk about said game once I get to that game on my list. Because I have a feeling... Fair enough. There will be a number of the same titles <laughs> on the list. You know, I do wonder yeah, if we have ever had a favorite games of fill-in-the-blank year where we both had the exact same games. I don't think we have. I think there's been certain ones that have been different. Yeah. Well, I think most years, Russ, we have very similar uh, games, just out of sequence, like or different sequence. Out of sequence, I would say. sure. Um, but there is, uh, you know, a couple here and there that uh, that are different mm-hmm. on my list mm-hmm. than your list. Which would make mine. A couple different on my list <laughs> from his list. <laughs> so uh, you want to begin? I would love to begin. Uh, would you like to go first? You know what we should do? What should we do, Steve? We should. Nah, probably not. I was going to say we should have like a runners up episode. Like what games didn't make the cut, but we're like almost there. But technically speaking, if those games were not listed during our top five favorite games, wouldn't they automatically know yeah they would Russ but they wouldn't know that we were actually considering those games every game is under consideration mm. oh, just the ones we've played Russ not every game well actually and, and that brings up our annual disclaimer which mm-hmm. is that the way that we do this is based off of the games that we have actually played in the previous year yeah. we have not played each and every single game that has been released therefore it is um, not the same as like say like an IGN or GameSpot you know when they do their, their games of the year kind of thing people who are actually paid to play games on a regular basis exactly yeah I mean they, they've played each game and every game and so they they have a bit more of an official like mm. this is this is our criteria yeah. and this is how we feel it is for us it's a, it's more of a personal taste thing it's more right. of like okay based on the games we've actually played right this is what no uh, one's given us games like. for free to play no no. 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 But if they want to, mm, we're open to it. Yeah. 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 Maybe then your game might be in the top five of our favorites. Ooh. 
Steve, why don't you go ahead and kick us off with your number five favorite game of 2021. Russ, this game might uh, cause a little disturbance with you. A little controversy? A little controversy. And that's okay. Um, My fifth and fourth were kind of mono-y-mono. Funny how that works. Yeah, I know. So my fifth game, Russ, Hmm. starting at number five. Number five. Numero cinco. (laughs) <laughs> is Guardians of the Galaxy. Guardians of the Galaxy, the game. And why is that, Steve? Well, Russ, so I didn't get that far in the game, honestly, because pretty much a ton of other stuff was coming out. I only had so much more time. Why am I not surprised? But I'll tell you, my experience with movie-to-game ports mm. its basically sucked, uh-huh. Russ, Oftentimes <laughs> sucked. Yes. This one did not suck. It's probably one of the, like, the most, if not the most successful movie to game port. And I started playing thinking, well, I no one's going to replace the actors from the movie Guardians mm. of the Galaxy. So everything else is just going to be second best. And if it's like second best, it's like, first to last sort of thing. You know, it's like, it's never going to be this again. You know, yeah. and it got me into thinking like, you know, same thing with like the, like the square Avengers game. How terrible was that? You know what I mean, Russ? Well, I mean, the game, the Avengers game wasn't, I wouldn't categorize it as terrible. I would I categorize would, it okay, as well, that's disappointing. I would categorize it as terrible. Okay, Russ. Okay. And it's my fifth game that I'm re- I'm comparing and it's on my list. Okay. Okay. So, um anyhow, mm-hmm. you pick up the game, you play it and you're interested interested <laughs> you're, you're instantly <laughs> shut up. <laughs> you're instantly like drawn into it. I didn't say <laughs> You're instantly drawn into it, like with, uh, you know, with, with the mom right there and with the, the Moroc music playing, like he's getting drawn into it. I mean, you're, you're instantly transported, unplugged from world number one, plugged into video game world of <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy. And then from there, it's like that whole beginning sequence yeah. is like freaking gaming nirvana. Yeah, Russ, especially with the spaceship scene. And all the personalities are like accurately represented. Yeah. And so I it's I felt as though I fell in love all over again with these characters. I have not beaten the game yet. Um, How far would you say you are? So, I don't I'm on a planet, I don't know, Russ. Uh, <laughs> so, I found some secret stuff mm-hmm. and I'm on a planet. <sighs> And um, I've upgraded my characters a little bit. I don't, I'm against like these baddies that kind of just start to like repopulate themselves and they're coming out of nowhere and they're kind of flapping around and I don't know. You're still at the beginning, aren't you, Steve? Uh, I'm not, I'm not that far, Russ, but oh, I'm, I am further, I'm not exactly in the beginning. But um, the reason it's at number five, two and not at number four is that I just didn't feel like, oh, can't wait to come home and play that game. Uh-huh. It's like I wanted there to be a bit more, even though you're like you have to upgrade your stuff to actually be like totally tubular. Right. It's it's just 
it's too basic in the be- in the beginning. I feel like I just have these little pea shooters, pew, 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 and it's just not very like the gameplay isn't very like drawing me in as far as like like the non like airship spaceship combat kind of stuff. It doesn't feel like that cool. Sure, until you upgrade. But I'm not there yet. Mm-hmm. That's my number five, Russ. Number five from Steve. Mm. Well. My number five. Here we go. My my number five pick. You favorite game of 2020. Tell us, Russ. I'm going to pick out this hang now while you tell us. Deathloop. (laughs) I knew it. Deathloop is my number five. I knew it. It's by Arcane Studios. Deathloop is a game that takes somewhat of kind of like a, a familiar formula with some of the other games that they've done in the past and they've applied it into this new type of world, which works really, really well. So having like the, the very strong art direction that takes place in the sixties, I, you know, I'm always a big fan of like when a game kind of makes an emphasis on a particular period and does it successfully. Yeah. Um, I really, really enjoyed the look of it. It's a very hip game. I really enjoyed the Groundhog Day mechanic that they have in there. Now, I have not beaten this game. Oh, really? But I am about, I would say, halfway through the game itself. Mm. And that was actually one of the reasons why it made it to my number five, like standing as opposed to being any higher, was that one of the things that I found to be a little bit of a challenge was at least early on the game, the game is intentionally obtuse in terms of its storytelling. So like Mm. you're, you're not exactly sure what's going on. You you know, love the dialogue, love the banter Mm. between Colt and Juliana. That whole thing is a lot of fun. Yes. But when it comes to just how you're supposed to exist in this world, how are you supposed to survive? What exactly are you up to? It's, was a bit foggy for me. And so that as a result, it caused me not to like feel at least initially mm. as interested in wanting to pick up the game all the time. Yep. The farther qu- bumping my mind, <laughs> you stay on your side. <laughs> stay with me. Uh, Flick my eyebrow. <laughs> <laughs> so, The further I got into the game, then the more I began to understand exactly like, okay, how everything works, what the purpose of cult being there is. Mm. And that's when I started to get more and more immersed into this world, which by the way is a blast. It is super fun to be able to see all these different um, cronies that Mm. work with Juliana. You know, I would say, especially if you think of like a hierarchy tree, you have kind of like these different types of baddies with different specialties and whatnot as you make make your way up. It's very, very fun. And the, I don't know, like, like like the, the characters themselves are super original. Um, And I look forward to actually, you know, getting to the end of the game. I think it's going to get more and more mm. fun. One of the things that I did read about a little while back I was am. how they made a, a, a patch update that they released. Are you okay over there? Uh, you seem like you're sucked a little, in a little dust or something. You're a little gassy over there? Yeah, no, I'm gassy. You okay? You're a little sucking out of dust. I don't know what it is. Well, anyway, one of the things, <laughs> maybe in that eyebrow you flicked off my head, it got caught in my throat when I was breathing. Who knows? I'm like trying oh, to focus man. on talking about mm. death loop, and he's over there like just. <laughs> 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 you know what? You, you just keep talking. I'll be right back. 
<laughs> you remind me of that one character from Men in Black, like the alien that was in like the the guy's body. He's just like, I don't put my hand. Got my hand. Anyway, what I was going to say was... Right, yeah, sorry about that. The new update that came out not too long ago, it was pretty recent actually, it addressed some of the issues that I know you and I talked about. For instance, like the UI was a bit overwhelming. If you recall, like within all the different menus, you're like, my goodness, there's a lot here, which is cool in the sense that there's a lot to like about like what all isn't included with the game. But at the same time, I was a little overwhelmed, a little kind of, dare I say, mm. uh, sensitive, not sensitive, <laughs> but like apprehensive about, okay, how exactly am I supposed to navigate and leverage the different things about the, these menus? Well, they have, you know, they've gone through that. They also have improved the AI, mm. which was something that if you recall, you were commenting on about how you were surprised, like you would make a bunch of noise, you'd fire your weapons and how there would be baddies that would be like 50 feet away that like w- miraculously wouldn't hear your right. gunshots. And you're like, why aren't they turning around? <laughs> Apparently they've addressed stuff like that. So I, for one, am very much looking forward to being able to continue my adventures through that game. And that is what my number five pick is. Fan-freaking-tastic, Russ. What is your number four pick for 2021, Steve? 2021 number four, Russ, would be Far Cry 6. Far Cry 6. Now, Far Cry 6, Russ. Okay, so it's not exactly Far Cry 3, but they're taking things better than where they were in like Far Cry 5 and whatever, Primal and whatever else. That's like almost those games almost didn't exist. Um, so it's good to be back in the, and the, on the island, if you will, <laughs> you know, the island and you're trying to make do with whatever scraps you have, uh, customizing weapons, uh, try to, to, to override tyranny. Mm-hmm. Russ. Viva Libertad. And what better place to do that than on a tropical island? That's right. Russ. Tropical paradise. That's right, Russ. So, um, but yeah, no, I thought the sound was cool with all the guns. The gunplay was awesome. Yeah. And uh, it was a beautiful game to look at. I loved all the Cuban music that was played. Um, But, and the voice acting was all good. So the reason why I was saying earlier about this was tied from like my four and my five was that I thought the story was better in Guardians, but... And the story is still good here, but but why this one kind of eked ahead a little bit is because the game was more fun to play, I guess. The 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 sound and the gunplay really drew me in. Yep. The thing where it fell a little flat, why it's not rated higher, is that I, I thought they had great voice talent for the characters, but they didn't have enough screen time and like original things happening in the story. And so uh, a lot of the characters, you'd be like, okay, yeah, here's somebody new, but keep doing the same uh, and as you did in this other chapter. Mm. Okay, now chapter three, here's some new characters that are kind of on the screen something, but they're not going to do anything with you. Keep doing the same tasks you did in the final, in the you know previous chapter. Did you end up beating that game? Yes. Oh, congratulations. Thank you, Russ. Mm. Um, and so I, I, towards the end, you get like a, all these ton of upgrades. Like, kind of like they thought of like, oh man, we've got to do all this stuff. We've got to throw it in there last minute because the game's going to release and whatever. So I kind of wish the game was a little bit longer, a bit more original, but still it drew me in. I had a great time. I was thinking about it off and on the game. Mm-hmm. And um, 
And one thing I, I'm hoping for, they they have like this DLC. I haven't I haven't got it yet, but um, apparently there's going to be Far Cry three and four kind of type style missions you can okay download. So I'm kind of hoping they're going to use the new engine for that stuff. I haven't got it yet, but um, anyway, definitely a step in the right direction. Excellent. I had fun with it. Um, I'm hoping they'll they'll release more like this, maybe. Not so much on the um, the cussing and the swearing. <laughs> I kind of would like a little bit better, you know, script writing, especially when they have some major voice talent to, to, to uh, you know, on their payroll. So, anyway, Ross, that's my numero quattro. Excellent. Well, my number four is Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. How do you know? I was number four. walked in here and I'm like, you know what? Did you and walk I, in here or did you saw Shay in here? I thought, I knew Ratchet and Clank and, um, what was your other one? Uh, the, 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 uh, I knew your four and your five were going to be like the same, Russ. <laughs> Move on, on, right? Tell us about Ratchet and Clank, right? I just never believe that for I'm a second. I'm not complaining. I'm just saying, I just know you, Russ. <laughs> You're my brother. I know you. <laughs> I love you now. <laughs> so, uh, yes, yeah. my number four <clears throat> for 2021 is, in fact, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. This was the very first outing I've had with the series. I've seen hmm. over the years countless commercials for it. I've heard friends talk about the game itself. And I, I've really had an interest in checking it out. I just never got around to playing it. Nice. So this is my first foray into the game. I feel as though this was probably like my perfect time to go into it. Uh, I remember seeing them demo the game at E3 and how like I was I was really just taken with how much the game looked like <clears throat> a true next-gen title experience. It looks like a Pixar movie come to life. That was always a, a big plus in my book. I really love the, the characters in this game. And it's it shouldn't be any kind of surprise. I, I was looking up um, some of the, the previous artwork and whatnot for the series itself. They have incredibly strong art direction when it comes to this. And it's so fun to be able to see not only the, the protagonists, the heroes of the story, but also the villains are just hilarious. They're super fun to battle against. And speaking of battling, all of the different weapons even though the weapons themselves, apparently most of the weapons are the same from like previous no. outings of, of no. Ratchet and Clank. They do have a couple of new ones. Sure. But for, again, for someone who's an, a newbie like myself, mm. I really enjoyed this, <clears throat> this type of gameplay mechanic sure, that bro. so many other people were um, enjoying for decades, apparently. Nice. Now, oh, hello, oh, Stephen's throat. Right. I tried to keep it quiet. Hmm. It's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> what I also really enjoyed was this new gameplay mechanic of the rift itself. So like if you were playing the game and you'd see some sort of other dimensional portal that what that existed within the environment, you can then utilize this special type of, of interaction where you can then draw yourself toward those particular portals. And then going through that, you'd either go to a completely new world or you'd go into like an alternate dimensional state, whatever it is really, really fun. And the environments were creative. I mean, I, I think this is probably one of the most is again, this, the think of it in terms of like, like if you had your Pixar hat on, like there are so many 
different creative nuances and subtleties and attention to detail in this game that really make for a gleeful time playing the game. It, it was super fun. The voiceover acting was, was, was really great as well. I bought into everything that was going on. And again, it was just, it was super fun. I ended up beating the game. Um, I'm currently making my way through new game plus because I just, I actually did not get a chance to unlock and, and upgrade every single weapon. Cause they have quite a few in there. So I'm, I'm going through and doing that. But, uh, and actually when I finally am able to get a 4k TV, I'm going to be enjoying this game even more because I was, I was enjoying it on a 1080p. So if it looks that good on 1080p, it's going to be a crispy beauty on 4k. Stop talking about it and just get one. Well, Steve, I'm broke. Oh man. Broke smoke. Russ. (laughs) Maybe I'm telling you, maybe 2022 is the year Magical. I finally am able to get the necessary upgrade. Magical year, Russ. It's we'll going to be good. We'll have to see. Steve, what is your number three pick for yeah. your favorite game of 2021? Number three, Russ, is going to be Forza. Forza? Wow. What? I had no idea <clears throat> you were going to choose Forza as your number three. You thought I would be higher, Russ? I did. Okay. Well, I did struggle a bit. Um, so here's the deal with Forza. Mm. Playing Forza Horizon 4, I thought, you know, you you guys can definitely do better. There, it felt like Forza was like, okay, here's like Forza Horizon 3, but in like a different canvas. But I felt like it, they just didn't do enough to like to make the game that much better. Forza Horizon 3 is like this. Mm, it's so, so good. It's so nice. And then when Forza Horizon 5 came out. Wait, are you talking about Forza Horizon 4 was so good? Or are you talking about Forza Horizon 3? Forza Horizon 3 was good. When 4 came out, I didn't feel like it was like a worthy successor. Oh. Wait, I, I what? Mean, I, I felt like it, it, Forza 4, when it came out, it was fine, but it wasn't like. That's the one where it takes place in Britain. <laughs> okay, go ahead. But that's the one. It. it Forza Horizon 3 was so much better, in my opinion. Uh, just the, the venue that was chosen and, and it, everywhere you would go, like if you were in the snow, it was like crazy blizzard uh-huh. snow. If you were like on the Hot Wheels track, if you were, I mean, it's everything they did with, with 3 was awesome. And yeah. 4, it was cool, but it didn't seem like it was a better game. Mm-hmm. And then 5 came out and it definitely feels like it's a better game. So... Not only with like the opening sequence coming, I'm coming out, it's just absolutely beautiful. It looks like they maximized the base Xbox One system as far as what the capabilities they could do with sound, with graphics, with everything. And yes, I had to wait longer for the loading time, but they rewarded me for it mm. uh, at, at the same time. And I, when I was customizing cars, I would spend all this time thinking, okay, this is the way I want it to sound. I don't care almost like, you know, performance. There's a ton of other cars that are going to be faster and and more less like high performance. Yeah. But I want my car to sound a certain way. And I would just spend hours just modifying the car to make it sound the way I wanted to sound. And to me, that was fun. That's I didn't get that in Forza Horizon 3 and I didn't get it in Forza Horizon 4. Sure. And they, they changed like the operations of the cars a bit more too. So it actually felt like I had body roll when I was turning. And I freaking loved it. I just fell in love. Um, but so it didn't make four and I, I am struggling with it, but it didn't make four because, uh, or, or excuse me, number, 
There's <laughs> all these numbers. <laughs> I can't do it anymore. <laughs> uh, it wasn't higher on the list. Let me put it that way, Russ. It wasn't higher on the list because, um, I mean, when when it, the races just weren't that much different, I guess. I still love playing the game, mm-hmm. but I felt my first pick and second pick on my list, Russ, for places two and, and one, oh. drew me more to the game. Uh-huh. I'll get to those in a bit, Russ, but that's my number three. Number three. Well, color me surprised because I had a feeling it would either be your number one or number mm. two pick. Interesting, Russ. So, well, I'm getting a little Twitter painted over <laughs> here. A little excited about the unknown. Uh, okay. Hmm. My number three pick for 2021 is Guardians of the Galaxy, the game. Okay. I went through this game and beat it. Uh, I'm currently actually also on another romp through Mm. this adventure, action adventure title uh, under the new game plus mode. But what I find to be so impressive about this game is that there was no hype whatsoever when they were working on this game. It was, it was like we were watching E3 and then Square Enix out of nowhere, like, you know, specifically Eidos Montreal popped out of the woodwork and just said, Oh yeah, we've been working on on this guardians of the galaxy game. And we're like, what? This is crazy. And they showed something like a 20 minute long gameplay trailer. It wasn't even a trailer. It was just like, like here's like a 20 minute long gameplay video. Sure. And so um, we were both really struck by that. We're like, wow, well, this is like a nice little Easter egg of sorts, right? Like, like we had no idea that this was on the docket. And so it was super cool to be able to actually sit down with the game. And one of the concerns I had, which we talk about quite a bit, Mm -hmm. and just to briefly recap, is that anytime that you have a game that's based off a IP consisting of characters that are from the movies, you're going to run into a bit of a creative challenge simply because like in Guardians of the Galaxy's case, folks have been going to the theater and enjoying the Chris Pratt version, right? Of of the Guardians of the Galaxy, as well as all the other actors that comprise the various characters. So how on earth can you make a game that can stand essentially toe to toe with what's already been established. And they did that. That was one of the the biggest um, impressive feats that I saw within the game was that I really loved how, you know, Drax looked, how Gamora looked, how Rocket Raccoon looked, how Groot looked. It was crazy because as I was playing the game, after I beat the game, I was looking online at some of the the still pictures from the the movie version of the characters. And like one of them, for instance, was Groot. And I had grown so accustomed to loving how Groot looks in the game. I actually prefer how Groot looks in the game more so than the movie version, which is saying a lot because I loved how Groot looked in the films. So, you know, kudos to the the team for being able to, to... Really, and and again, it's not limited to that one skin. Like they have multiple skins for all the heroes that are hidden throughout, which again creates incentive to be able to like explore everywhere on every single level. And if you want, like they even have like the Guardians of the Galaxy film versions of the of the character (laughs) skins, so that you you can apply them if you want to. Another thing that that is very impressive with this game is the VO, the voice acting itself. Um, 
when we were talking about the game in detail in a previous episode of Joygasm, that was one of the, the big things that we focused on was actually talking about how much heart this game has. And a large part of that has to do with the voice acting within this game in the sense that they, they really, you could tell they, they bonded with these characters. It was a love letter to these characters. I think there was a lot of um, expectation writing on these actors shoulders once again, because this franchise has already been established not only in comic book form, but also in movie form. So how do you almost, you know, you don't want to completely reinvent the wheel, but at the same time you do want to create these characters in kind of a fresh way, just because you're an actor, right? Like you want to be able to put your own little spin on it. Totally understandable. You combine that with the fact that the story itself is also full of heart. The, the, the script writing, the dialogue, the banter between the characters, but also the overall story is wonderful. In fact, at the, the game awards recently, this title actually won. It was something like best screenplay or something, something or best story. So it's, it's just, it's a no brainer that, that this game itself has in my book, one of the most fun, engaging storylines I've played through in some time. And it was one of those types of games where I couldn't put it down. I know the feeling. I know. I know indeed. So yeah, I think, uh, I've covered just about everything I wanted to say about that. Fantastic story, superb VO, really strong art direction. Guardians of the Galaxy, the game, number three for me. Steve, what is your number two pick? This, this is where I'm starting uh, to wonder, like, oh, what, what you got? What you, what you got? Uh, what you doing over there? So my number two, Russ, you might be a little surprised, <laughs> is Halo and Finite. Well, okay, so I'm not entirely surprised just because oh. I had a feeling that was either going to be your number one or number two. <laughs> So, uh, this game got a bit of a rocky start, Russ, because they released the multiplayer and the multiplayer wasn't all that good. Uh, you know what I'm saying, right? It wasn't uh, all that good. We, uh, if everybody wants to find out how we thought about that. That's on a previous podcast, not too long ago on the, the history of podcasts there, Russ. But the main thing about Halo is the campaign, Russ. Have you beaten the campaign, Steve? I've. No, I'm not. I'm sensing a pattern here. No, hey, I am getting towards the end. I'm like underground somewhere. I haven't, I've not poked my head out and gotten fresh air in quite some time. I'm fighting a baddie. I can spoil it, Russ, (laughs) but I'm not gonna, but I believe I am far. Spoil it like a silent but deadly (laughs) fart. I was just going to say a glass of milk, but, you know, <laughs> whatever, I guess. Oh. Um, so, anyhow, uh, the game actually ran pretty darn good on the regular Xbox. Um, just the load times were freaking forever. I'm just saying. So Steve's what, all about hey, doing, like, stress tests I, on the original exactly. Xbox. I am. I am. Hey, you know what? You heard it here first, Russ. You did. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know if you did it, but, you know, I'm just going to believe you did. Anyway. So once I got my Series X, of course, it was a lot better. You know, the graphics. Uh, the, the, I, even you got yourself the, a Series X? Oh, gosh. Was, hmm. <laughs> Anyhow. So uh, where was I? So the gunplay yes. is absolutely fantastic. And like all like the designs of the guns are cool. I, I, I was thinking about this the other day. <laughs> 
and many of the other Halo games, like you, I would choose my favorites like anybody else would choose their favorites. Why are you pinching my fat roll? I'm trying to speak. <laughs> Try to train wreck me here. Golly, I know I have COVID calories over the last two years. I still Just haven't lost to derail you, Steve. It's bad enough of breathing in dust over here. <laughs> I don't, you pinching my extra fat handles. <sighs> Anyhow, like um, personal Pillsbury Doughboy. I'm like trying to hold on to this thought really <laughs> hard. <laughs> it's getting slippery. <laughs> um, so, anyhow, in the previous games, I would find guns that I would like and I would just kind of gravitate towards them like they were my go to guns. But in this game, <laughs> Yeah, laugh it up, fuzzball. No, Keep going. I'm sorry, I'm trying not to. Go ahead. So in this game, I have many favorites of the of all the not all the guns. There's like a select few that I'm gonna pass on, but like right. the majority of guns, and this is like a first for Halo. Like it, for me anyway, in the entire series. So I love the battle rifle. I love the assault rifle. I love the little commando rifle. I love all like the new electric rifles. I and mean, I love the new designs of all like the, like the sniper and, uh, and whatnot. I love all the new sounds. Mm -hmm. I love the music. Um, I mean, it. the thing about Halo 2 is that, um, <laughs> 2 as in like T-O-O, -O, Russ. The thing about <laughs> Halo 2 <laughs> is that like previous Halo games, like 1, 2, and 3, uh-huh. Of course, I mean, I'm not a pro gamer, so I would die a lot. Of course, I like to play it on heroic and or legendary if I got a, a pal, right? So I'm going to be dying a lot. And I'm either going to be dying and laughing as I'm dying because I'm going to try and do like this huge, like one man army assault, like just, you know, suicide style. Sure. Or um, whatever it might be. I might be tactical about it, but I don't want to get angry at the game that I'm playing. And that was the issue with like Halo 4 and Halo 5 because it seemed like I'm if, if I'm playing on a difficult setting and I'm dying, I'm just going to stop playing after a while because it's not fun. But but Halo and its previous generations, they would make you laugh. Like all the, the enemies would taunt you or mock you in a, in a humorous kind of style. You know, all the little grunts had these original things to say and it made it funny to keep on continuing the game and trying again and trying again and trying again. And I found like if I had watched... Uh, an intense show or an intense movie with my wife, it was almost like playing Halo calmed me down mm -hmm. in a way because I would laugh more at the game. Sure. Um, and I feel like that's just a rich feeling to have when playing a game. That's literally mm -hmm. why I play the game. That's, I, I feel like I want to unplug from like the stress of life or the stress of whatever. And I want to plug into the game and I want to forget everything that I'm dealing with or thinking about. And that's how I felt with playing Halo Infinite, at least with the campaign. And I will say, too, with the multiplayer, the multiplayer is getting better. And like our main concern was, like, there's not a big variety of, of good maps, and but they're releasing more and more maps. And I, I applaud them for that. I mean, 343 has been at it for a while. I'm... I'm going to say I've been critical, very critical, of you know, because I want the yeah. game to, to succeed. I want a very good Halo game. And I feel like they've given it, they've given it to us this time around. So that's off. I applaud three four three. Number two. Numero dos. Numero dos. Very nice. Steve, <clears throat> what you got, Russ? What you got? My number two pick for my favorite game. Mm. Number two for twenty twenty one is Resident Evil Village. Really, Russ? It is. In fact, mm. that was actually <laughs> knocking back and forth between number one and number two. That, that was where I had my kind of like um, 
competition for the top spot. So mm-hmm. what's interesting about Resident Evil Village as it applies to me is that I am a newbie when it comes to the Resident Evil franchise. Sure. 2021 was that for a few titles for me in the sense that I had been keeping tabs on a particular series for years and years, whether it was watching you play it or watching friends play something. And I never had a chance to really like get into it and start playing it in earnest. And resident evil village was the first resident evil game that um, I beat. And so it was a lot of fun. It it was, it was again, a timing thing where Mm. I really felt as though it was the perfect time for me to, to jump in, even though technically speaking, I was playing a bit of the resident evil Two remake, mm, which yes. I have not beaten yet. I need to like keep going and, mm-hmm. and finish that one up. But in terms of, I thought you played the uh, third one. I thought you played and beat the I, third one. No, I played. So I bought the third one. Yes. And I beat the the game demo that they released before oh, the game came out. Geez. But I haven't beaten it. I don't. I'm purposely not. I don't want to play that until I finish Resident Evil Two Remake. Hmm. The uh, exception, though, is in fact having um, Resident Evil Village because this was one that really caught my attention early on when they were once again they were showing the game trailers for it. They were showing like a little bit of the gameplay, and I was like, man. This is very different in the sense that this is a first-person view in Resident Evil. Not that it, not that they have not done that before. They have, right? They have had a first-person version mm-hmm. within Resident Evil. But what was so neat about this was the fact that, first of all, the game takes place largely outdoors. That's right. Most of, of the Resident Evil titles I have seen takes place indoors. They have, like, brief moments where you're outdoors. But, I mean, let's be real they were always indoors and that's okay. It's not a knock against the titles at all, but I thought that, wow, that was really, really neat. Also the, the kind of setting that the game takes place in where it has almost like that Transylvania esque castle with a lot of the, the village down below the fact that, that, that a lot of the game takes place in the daytime. That was a huge deal too, because most Resident Evil titles take place at nighttime or, or it's like this crazy dark or rain cloud way over like overcast or something. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, this was actually like, like you had your Thule fog in certain parts and then the fog would burn off and then you'd have like the sun's like full on coming up over the, the mountain uh, side and like, you got your sunsets and whatnot. On top of that, even the enemy classes, you, it was not limited to just zombies, but like you actually had lichens and you had, you know, vampire types and you had mm-hmm. almost like these Frankenstein monster types as well. Like you could tell that, that they used a lot of the classic Hollywood esque monsters as like a foundational um, inspiration point, And then they made like their own kind of versions of, of these types of creatures and that sort of thing. Lady Dimitrisk was totally captivating as a villain. I think uh, for the longest time, we thought that she was going to be the main villain, almost like, you know, if you were playing sure. Resident Evil Nemesis, the Nemesis is obviously like the main baddie. Right. Turns out she's not. So <laughs> I feel like enough time has passed. I can say that. Yeah. There, I absolutely loved how big the world was. It served not, you know, it wasn't a hundred percent open world, but it was large enough in in the sense where like you really got a sense of how big um, 
the world was not only that, but the, but the different parts of the world were very thematic that complemented whoever was kind of like the, the boss, if you will, of, of that area, the sure. caretaker or whatever, you know? So there's, there's an awful lot to love. Even the VO is great as well. I loved how they were bringing back a couple of the OG characters of resident evil, which, you know, you're very much, uh, <laughs> An expert in that sort of thing. Yes. Um, so, yeah. I mean, I overall, really, really love the game. Enjoyed the game. Beat the game. And I sound like a broken record. I'm also in the midst of a new game plus romp through with that as well. So, hats off to Capcom. Fantastic mm. game. <laughs> it was almost my number one pick. Oh. And, uh, Is that so rough? It's going gonna, it's gonna to settle for the silver instead. <laughs> The Video Game Olympics podium. Resident Evil has a silver rust. Indeed. Hmm. From this man, anyway. Anyway. You never know. It may get the gold from this judge over here. (laughs) Not exactly sure, but I have a feeling that might be your number one. (laughs) Am I right, Steve? You're right, Russ. So, yeah, it is my numero uno. Um been looking forward to that game since we saw it, uh, all the trailers and everything. I I was hooked. Yeah, I, I can remember the us talking with uh, Big Baby Moose about it, and that game came up as one of the most anticipated titles. And I'm like, I am in. Don't let me down, Capcom. <laughs> and um, so I thought, man, where are they going to go? Because we've done the zombie thing, and I was like burnt out of the zombies. I'm done. With, I don't want to play anything with zombies in, anymore. Period. <laughs> done and so uh, this was like the appropriate right direction for them to go and um i mean i passed on resident evil 6 i passed on um i mean i wasn't even that excited when they when they made resident evil 3 because it was so much like 2 i'm like okay guys let's what are we doing here yeah so you brought me over you you sat me down yes in front of the the demo um for your ps5 right and I didn't want to like quickly get through the demo. I was just looking and marveling at all the textures and like 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 the wood grain or like the individual carpet strands, like in someone's sweater or like the wind blowing through like the sure. window. And I didn't want to leave. And I knew I was scared. I was freaking frightened. But yeah. I'm like, this is so beautiful. And it reminded me of Resident Evil 1 when that technology was state of the art. I thought, wow, look at these pre-rendered graphics and everything. And I didn't want to leave. And so now it's today and they're utilizing all the technology to, 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 to bring us back into a different mansion, into this different atmosphere. No zombie. Well, barely any zombies. Yeah, anyway. some, yeah like which is very, okay. Which is, yeah, absolutely fine. Very few. But the enemies were so cool. Uh, the lichens, the vampires, uh, even with the vampire daughters, you know, splitting off into yeah. bats and coming back. I mean, there was so you had much the undead that were living in the bowels of the castle. Yeah. Um, even, even the way like the village looked with, with how cold it was and yeah. how run down all the buildings were like, there wasn't really any place to hide. Even the wood was rotten. Yeah. Um, yeah, the game has some cliches, mm-hmm. right? Which like the a ton of Resident Evils do. I'm like, I knew I was gonna fight a water creature at some point. Sure. Um, so, <laughs> which honestly, like to me, I kind of enjoy that type of predictability. Where like you're going around, you're like, you're almost hoping. You're like, right. I'm sure I'm gonna fight one. And honestly, I kind of hope I do. <laughs> yeah. But but 
with all the customization of the guns and stuff, and you were finding all uh, different things to sell. I mean, even even like the the like the, like the morbidly obese kind of seller guy was always somewhere in a tractor. For some reason, the Lycans didn't want to touch him. You know, even he had charm to him. Oh sure, and um, that was like the game. I still want to play through like Far Cry Six all over again, but this game I've been thinking about since early this year I have as well about new game plus, but I've been holding off until I got the next system so that <laughs> I could play all over again. And uh, this beautiful world, because I played through the game with the base Xbox and loved it. Yeah. And so I want to play it through again with the new Xbox. You're going to love it. And, um, you know, continue upgrading my weapons. Plus also, I will say having your spouse play with you, during the game and getting just as much into the story as you do, that is so rewarding. Because oftentimes it's just me. I'm just just me in front of the Xbox playing the game. You know, having your spouse there and getting into the story. I mean, we were talking about it like off and on work. I mean, throughout the day, I can't wait to come home. Let's play more Resident Evil. Let's eat dinner while we're playing it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> that, that's like the dream come true when, when you have your spouse who's not a gamer all of a sudden get right. into it. Well, and I'm sure it, it speaks to back when we were teenagers and you'd be playing the game on the couch. Not that I was your spouse as a teenager, but having <laughs> Awkward. like, it's almost resident evil is so much more fun when you do in fact have that co-pilot who's just sitting there. They're not <laughs> playing the game, Someone but they're reacting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Someone to yell with, someone to have a good time with, someone to strategize <laughs> with. I'm, mean, you know, the, I right. remember there were certain times when you'd be playing the game and I would spot something that you would miss, and then we're trying to like you know collectively make our way through, even though you're the one who's doing all the heavy lifting. It's just fun. It's one of those games where it, it reminds me of like if you're watching a horror movie, right? Like it's more fun to watch it with a person because then you get to like scream right. together and everything. Right? Else, yeah. So. Like oh, you scream right in my ear. Shut up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. But no. Anyway. Um. Um, just that everything they did with the game was absolutely wonderful and it was beautiful. And I have been, I, in a way it, it makes me want the game market to slow down a little bit so that I have enough time to play through again, having no distractions, new game plus just to appreciate it that much more. Yeah. And it wants playing this game makes me want to go back and buy the previous game to sure. play it too. So, I mean, it, it did its job. And then some. So, awesome. Fantastic. Job, Chemcom, yeah. Well. Well. My number one. My favorite game. What is it, Red? Of 2021. Is Forza Horizon 5. Oh, snap. Have you beat that one? I have not. Oh. I, I have actually okay. been. And this is kind of par for the course. The Forza games are so big. Hmm that I have never actually beaten a single one. Like I've, I've put a tremendous amount of hours into each title you and beat I've, three. No, no. I mean, there's still stuff that's like out there that I still got to do. I know, I've never seen the developer credits like <laughs> it's, in, but that is one of the, the strengths to the game is that the game is so big and there's so much to do. They have all these different events and whatnot. And, you never get tired of playing it. Like the only reason why I would stop playing a particular Forza title is because the new one comes out. And so then I want to check that one out as well. So I think for me, Forza Horizon 5 represents a number of different things. It, first of all, it represents a true benchmark in next gen experience. 
So whether it's the, the photogrammetry that they used as a technique for the sheer open world um, with like all the boulders and the rock faces and the trees and the, the buildings, all different things. It just, it, it has that next gen polish that we were looking for. And we would see, you know, like there'd be like a, like a scattering throughout the year, very few titles where all of a sudden, like you could tell such as the, you know, pretty much like the ones that are um, in our lists that we've been talking about sure. during the show. But those were kind of more the exception. Like you had a fair amount of, of games coming out that really were not taking advantage of what all you could do, such as ray tracing, for example. And I feel as though Forza Horizon 5 was able to really demonstrate what the Xbox Series X is capable of doing. And not only that, the the types of options that are available, whether like if you want to have like the crazy 60 frames per second uh, driving experience, or if you wanted a 30 frames per second driving experience with even more heightened graphics fidelity, you could do that. Which mode did you keep it on, Rose? I've been keeping it on 30 frames per second. Ah, uh? I actually really prefer the, the, the 30 frames per second experience. Mm. But having said that, it's actually kind of difficult because honestly, I like them both. But for me, the 30 frames per second is just kind of more my speed, I guess. You well, say. the 30 frame, I, I actually keep mine on the same because with the 30 frames per second, they, you could see all the, the textures and like all the improvements of the game. It feels more like a next gen game. The 60 frames a second, obviously plays a lot smoother, but it doesn't exactly feel like you can't see all the capabilities the system is able to do. It just feels like it's playing that version of the Xbox one very good. Yeah. So yeah, I was playing the 30 frames, the, the quality mode. Mm -hmm. uh, quality mode versus yeah. performance mode. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, if you, again, just kind of recapping a bit from when we were reviewing the game. So the Forza series has always done, especially the, the Horizon series, has always done a bang-up job when it comes to representing a specific region or country or culture. That was one of the big takeaways I've had from many of their games. And this is no exception. With, with us being able to go into Mexico, you get this kind of utopian glimpse of like an idealized world of the culture of Mexico, the different locales and vistas you, that, that kind of make up the, the landscape, so to speak. Sure. I, and I really enjoy kind of that, that energized optimism really that you feel, and it's not limited to just Forza Horizon five, but, but it's been in three and four as well. And there is this exuberant feeling of loving getting behind the wheel and going for a drive. <laughs> and I feel as though playground games has really, kept they, they've maintained the eye of the tiger in terms of how do we continue to iterate on this and finesse what is already a fantastic game and not only that but like you're looking at it and there are very few bugs that i've run into i think that's one of the um the ongoing challenges for both the ps5 and xbox series x next gen titles is i've noticed more often than not there are certain bugs, some of which are like show stopping, like crashes. They'll just completely freeze your game up and you have to restart your system or it bounces you back to the, the dashboard yeah. UI of the system. Yeah. And you're thinking, my goodness, like, well, what's the, why didn't they catch that? <laughs> and so, you know, not to say that Forza Horizon 5 is exempt from that. I have had that happen maybe twice, but that's after hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours of play. So again, I tip my hat to them in terms of, 
coming up with and, and producing a fully fledged game that comes on Xbox Game Pass. I can't wait to see what kind of DLC they decide to come up with because I've really enjoyed their Hot Wheels as well as their Lego uh, drops in the past. And I, man, there, I really have a hard time. I mean, I was going to say, I really have a hard time thinking of any kind of criticisms I have toward the game. Really, the one little gripe I have, and it's such a little dinky nick, no, nitpick considering it's a racing game, but uh, honestly, I would just like to have <laughs> more variety with customizing your character because oh, yeah, a lot of the options in there, I'm like, I just don't dress that way. I don't, I, don't, <laughs> I literally have yeah, no hair. I, I so don't look that way. Yeah. But that notwithstanding, it is an absolute treasure of a game to be able to play. Um, and so that is in fact my favorite game of 2021. Excellent work. Did you have any concluding thoughts, Steve? I'm surprised you didn't have Halo on your list, Rose. Well, I'll tell you why, Steve. Oh yeah. So Halo Infinite is a game that I was very much looking forward to for mm. some time, especially considering I was not a fan of, um, Halo 5. Just scratch your mustache one more time for me. No, I scratch I scratch <laughs> in the, the side of my nostril. Oh, that's so hot. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Halo 5 was a game that I found to be uh, yeah. very disappointing because I just didn't like the story. I didn't yeah, story like sucked. what they were doing with yeah. uh, the gameplay mechanics of the combat. So I was very curious to see what they were going to do. The thing about Halo Infinite is, on the one hand, there are certain things that I really, really love that they have done in terms of the open world, um, the, the, some of the, the new types of additions, like the grapple hook is, is excellent. Fantastic. It feels very natural. Not that like, you know, that's a brand new thing that we've never seen before. Cause it has existed in different capacities in other games. Sure. But the fact that it works so well in Halo infinite is a big plus. Ah. Um, and the, the, the true return to form in terms of I mean, the combat feels like what we all know and love with Halo. The problem that I, or problems that came up that began to emerge as I played is that while the campaign is a lot of fun to play and I did enjoy the story, they need to move beyond the covenant. They do. We've had literally 20 years of Halo games where we have been dealing with the covenant and it has just, I'm burned out on the covenant, to be honest. You know, like I, it was fine during Halo 1, 2, and 3. And then that there was like just like this nice bookend. We even had Halo ODST where we had coming in there. That was fine as well. But I was ready to move on. You know, you have this universe that exists for Master Chief. And there's all these different types of opportunities that the creators can come up with that puts... Uh, Spartan 117 in a different new kind of peril. And it's weird how 343 seems to be in this, this prison where like they kind of want to venture out, but they're almost hesitant to because they're afraid that they're going to alienate their fan base. And so it's this weird situation where once again, we're on a halo ring. It's 2021. Oh, and by the way, the environments of that halo ring consist of mountains and forest and lakes. And like, you know, just because you put metallic hexagonal columns that kind of <laughs> exist. I mean, yeah, that does look cool, but that's not enough to make it fresh and new. And so what ends up happening is, is that we have a next gen experience that honestly is a rinse and repeat. It's almost a recycling like of a, the first halo game. Next gen halo in safe mode. 
Kinda. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say safe mode because it is next gen. Like the graphics are really well done. It's really beautiful. But again, if if I continue to to um, critique the game itself, you know, let's talk about the vehicles. There, to my knowledge, and I've beat the campaign. Only the Wasp is the is a you know the new vehicle within the entire roster of vehicles. And not only that, but then they have omitted certain celebrated vehicles from previous Halo games, which is, it's kind of a head scratcher if you think about it, because when you, when you look at a Halo game, you, you want to maintain what has already been like successfully implemented and then build off that. So like, Hey, let's have like between four and six new vehicles, maybe three human, three covenant, if we're going to do covenant again. But again, there just wasn't that at all. Um, and even with the multiplayer, you know, well, actually I'll, I'll pause that and back for a minute. Mm. You know, the fact that the game was released and there was no four player co-op through the right. campaign. That's a, that's a huge mistake. Right. Yeah. You know, that's something where, you know, since the very first game, Halo Combat Evolved, there has always been support for co-op through a campaign of Halo. And especially considering the fact that this game got delayed by one year, which was based on the fact that the fans had very negative response to what they were really proud of. Right. So it wasn't like they initially were thinking, oh, well, we're going to delay this game because we just feel like it's not ready yet. No, no, no. They delayed the game because right. in their minds, they thought we're ready to go. And the fans said, uh, what the we're cr- not. What the crap this, is this? This, this, is, this is really underwhelming. Right. So, you know, putting that factoring in the fact they had another whole year to like get it right, to like put the stuff in. And once again, there's no co-op for the campaign yet. There's no forge mode, which has existed in the previous Halo games. And then when I think of the multiplayer, you know, the the multiplayer game is really fun. Like that that game feature is back to its roots again. It's always been a blast for me to play and for you to play in the past. And there are, you know, like, like a nice variety of weapons that, that they have included in there. And so, you know, I, I want to give credit where credit is due. I do really love all of the new weapons that they have included in this particular game. But then even multiplayer has issues where like, I mean, the amount like, first of all, cross play is a huge issue because you have PC players playing against console gamers and there is just an exorbitant amount of cheating even outside of Halo itself, right? Like it, it's commonplace. You have folks who just you know, name the, the cheat and it's just, it's there. And in Halo, there are certain cheats that have become very problematic. And especially when it comes to players that play on console, there is no option to turn off crossplay. It's a very simple fix. Mm. And unfortunately it diminishes the fun factor for console gamers when they're getting spanked by PC mm. players who feel compelled to have to cheat. Not to mention even the ones who don't cheat, you know, if you have a keyboard and mouse, you're going to have a tactical advantage over those who have a controller. You know, it, it just goes without saying. Wow, Russ. I'm almost sorry I asked. <laughs> <laughs> Would you say I'm wrong? Um, you're, you're not wrong. Um, I'm taking everything that we have now and having fun with it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, if Halo was... If the finished product of Halo was what we got and criticized, 
it wouldn't even be on the list. We'd be all just kind of scratching our bald spots. <laughs> um, I wasn't sure what you were going to say there. I'm like, what? <laughs> Um, but I mean, but you have to applaud 343 for saying to Microsoft, we, we can't do this. We're going to like ruin our reputation if we release the game this way. So yes, thank goodness they listened to the fans. Whoever was on the, on the bench going, the game's great. It's a hundred percent right now. No one's going to criticize, you know, whoever that person was needs to be spanked. <laughs> I don't know. But what they did was with the time that they had is they really improved on what was good. And thank goodness we they, they can give us improvements along the way that we don't have to pay for. Yes, there is stuff that that yeah, I, I would criticize, but I'm glad that I can I can put a new Halo game in the console and have fun with it because the last few games I couldn't do that. And it's bringing back all this great, happy emotion that I, that I've wanted to have playing Halo. Yeah. And so anyway, that's, I'm, I'm, I'm just stuck on the good stuff for us. I'm trying to be positive. Hey, no, the, and, and that is fantastic. And again, I'm simply listing the reasons why it didn't make the cut for me personally. Sure. The yeah. game is fun. Like I, I, I do want to counterbalance some of, of what I've been giving in terms of constructive criticism with the fact that yes, there is a true return to form in terms of how the game plays. That is a lot of fun. I've been putting in many hours and that sort of thing. But when I think about games that honestly make my top five, there needs to be a certain criteria that is met. And while there are, there is certain parts of criteria that have been met with Halo Infinite, there is a, a significant amount of other criteria that is lacking or missing. And quite honestly, once again, it's like one of those situations where, you know, they'll say, Oh, don't worry. Co-op is coming. It'll be here, you know, maybe six months from now. And it's like, no, 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 you don't understand three, four, three. Your fan base has grown accustomed to having that ready to go at launch. So what's the problem? Why are we having like why are you why are you pitching this to us in such a way where we should be relieved and glad that like oh it's coming we just have to wait a little, you know a while longer as opposed to having it now and again it it's just weird because as an outsider we don't have those answers yeah but at the same time that is the kind of thing that causes them to get bumped out of my top 5 Steve. Mm, okay Russ that wraps up this episode of Joygasm. We thank you for hanging out with us. If you enjoyed this episode, we invite you to check out patreon.com slash joygasm where you can enjoy exclusive perks and early access to the show, not to mention it financially helps us continue doing the show. Also, make sure you slap that subscribe button and poke that notification bell. That way you will not miss a single episode of Joygasm, which drops once a week, every week. And while you're at it, you can do a search for at Joygasm TV on your favorite social media platform of choice. We're on just about all of them. And last but not least, do a search for Joygasm TV on Twitch to see us stream our gaming adventures live every Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. Central Time. We are going to be back here all bright-eyed and bushy-tailed for you next week when we go over our top five movies of 2021 so we can't wait to see you then 